Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. We are now in the second week of a young football season. It's sunny out here in California, and Clemson is undefeated, so life is good. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. This is our week two preview. Clemson is hosting this week uh, the App State Mountaineers uh, in our second home game of the year. Uh, hoping to go 2-0 and right before we head into the ACC play. Uh, real quick, before we get into the content today, we wanted to give a quick shout out to clemsonpodcast.com uh, check our website out there you can listen to some of our previous recordings um, like our Wofford recap and preview season preview and some other good content we've also got links up there to our Twitter and Facebook pages and some spots where you can subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform if you like to listen to us on the go on your iPhone or Android device or even if you're a weirdo and you got like a Windows phone or something uh, you can go ahead and check us out so that's ClemsonPodcast.com, and we appreciate all the love on uh, social media and all the, the listens you guys have uh, tuned in on past couple days. So guys, uh, quick before we get into looking at the matchup, just wanted to do some housekeeping, looking at some depth chart notes and some injury updates um, coming out of week one. Um, so Sharon Peak, it looks like, will be stepping in and playing the role, backing up the injured uh, wide receiver Mike Williams. Um, sort of playing that like boundary outside possession receiver role. Um, any thoughts on Sharon Peak stepping into this role, maybe displacing anybody else in the depth chart there? Well, I'm, and we know Sharon Peak's capable. He's versatile. What is surprising to me is that he's moving over to the boundary. Jamon Harper, Topper is coming into the slot. We've heard a lot of great reviews on Trevion Thompson, a redshirt freshman, four-star they, they said he's a clone of Mike Williams. I was hoping he would go in there, get, get plugged in, leave uh, the door open for Deion Kane, five-star freshman. But, um, you know, Jamon Hopper, you know, he's he's been kind of underwhelming up to this point. Maybe this will be his time to shine. Yeah, yeah, but he's a guy that still has a lot of ability. And he, he, I mean, I know he has his bonehead moments, most of that being last year. Yeah, he had one questionable play on the punt return uh, in the game against Wofford. But he's a real athletic guy, and he's got a lot of talent. So... I think that plus just his experience that he has over Trevion Thompson and a guy like Deion Kane, I think that warrants putting him in there and giving him this opportunity. Again, this is not a you know, Louisville we're going up against this Appalachian State, albeit they are, will be a worthy opponent. But I, I think just given his upside and this is a new season, giving him the opportunity to see if he can grow into this role and really take over. I'm, I, you know, I'm not saying he's not talented. He certainly is. Just hasn't put it all together at this point. Not the best of hands. But, yeah, I mean, if... if He's gonna if he's gonna make mistakes, do it against Appalachian State, not Louisville. And for me, this yes, agreed on all points about Jermon Hopper. I think this is as much about Sharon Peak and this being his time and his season. And you know, he's been played with injuries a bit the last two seasons. Coming out of high school, he was as as lauded by our coaching staff as Sammy Watkins. So, you know, is this basically the coaching staff giving Sharon Peak the keys to the car? this point yeah I'm really excited to, to see him get some more opportunities this week in light of the Mike Williams injury I think he's gonna get a lot more looks and then again going back to uh, Cody your point about Trevion Thompson Deion Kane yeah Hopper's gonna start but they're gonna get plenty of playing time in this game I mean we know how Clemson uses wide receivers they get a lot of guys in throughout the course of a game especially with the talent level that we have uh, across the board so Hopper's starting but we're gonna see a lot of Trevion Thompson and Deion Kane for sure um so obviously we touched on the Mike Williams injury to his neck. You know, we're, we're going to wait and see. Looks like it'll be about another five weeks until we get an update on that. Whether he'll return this year or not remains to be seen. Um, sticking with injuries, though, starting center Ryan Norton had a, some, an undescribed knee injury. Um, we believe it was just, you know, banged up coming out of a play last week. The coaching staff kept him on the bench. Looks like he's questionable, but I expect him to start uh, this Saturday. Yeah, I fully expect him to start too. And I think this the talking point here really is more so how G.A. Guillermo looked last week and filling in for him. Um, you know, this is a guy, obviously, there's a good article posted about his battle with depression this week. So interesting to hear why he took some time away from football. But to see him back 
and just kind of messing around the sidelines, but then on getting into the game and, and playing some really good ball, you know, he's a guy that could eventually take over uh, Norton for that starting center uh, at some point during the season. So I, I think that's more of the talking point here. I think I agree with you, Tully. I fully expect to see Norton starting in this game, but I, it may just be only a matter of time before Guillermo takes over for him. For the best interest of Clemson, our run game, we want Guillermo to take over that starting position. He's got the much higher upside. He's got another year of eligibility. Um, Norton is solid, reliable, but he gets no push. He's undersized. So it's a good sign if Guillermo gets to start and gets to continue playing and getting those reps. Yeah, and in his season preview, um, Metal Tiger, one of the writers on Shaking the Southland, touched on he fully expects by season end for Guillermo to, to take over that starting center spot. And I completely agree. Um, you know, hopefully it's not due to an injury. Hopefully it's due to, you know, earning that playing time based on the reps he does get and kind of, you know, the looks in practice. But um, anyway, good to have Ryan Norton back regardless of who we think the better center is. Um, and lastly, on players that we expect to come back this week, Stanton Seconder is coming back. He was questionable coming into this week with a knee injury. It, you know, all signs point to him being ready to go. We also get J.J. McCullough, another tight end back, coming off his suspension due to some academic uh, situations happening in the spring semester. So, you know, we're gonna add some, we're gonna bolster some depth there at tight end. Those guys didn't really get too many looks from a receiving standpoint in week one, but it uh, looks like we got some pretty good blocking from the likes of Garrett Williams, and Jordan Leggett. So, um, you know, the more the merrier, I think, at the tight end spot. Yeah, I mean, I saw Leggett block at least two guys last week, which is, you know, a very positive thing. It's two more than he's ever blocked before. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it may have been more than that. Um, and second year, again, he's not known for his blocking either. You know, I think at one point they were considering transitioning him to a wide receiver position. I think with the emergence of Garrett Williams, you know, I'm, I am kind of interested to see what role uh, McCullough plays coming back. But I think at this point it's really Leggett's starting role to take and then to see what Garrett Williams can come in and do. Yeah, totally agree. I, don't, I think Seconder at this point is more of a, a receiver. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he is a receiver that they moved to tight end. So I think once he comes back, he's going to have a hard time. He's going to be a little bit buried on that depth chart. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see Leggett see a few more plays through the tight ends. As the margin of error gets smaller, you'll see those tight ends with a few more looks. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that pans out, particularly with Garrett Williams in the passing game. Well, Milan Richard, too. We haven't mentioned him. I mean, he's going to be a part of that game moving forward. I really think by the end of the year that we'll be doing very well if it's Leggett, Richard, and Garrett Williams really stepping up and taking on that role. Maybe McCullough thrown in there. We'll see. But, I mean, I, I mean Leggett for sure. Cool, guys. Without further ado, let's get into our preview of the App State game coming up this Saturday. Uh, for us out here on the West Coast, that is a brutal 9 a.m. start. But uh, we will be caffeinated. Crack our first beers right around 8.55 down at our alumni bar, the boardroom. Quick shout out. Uh, appreciate all they do for us. So looking forward to this one. Pretty much I'm looking at, at this one like a warm-up for our Louisville game a week from Thursday, basically, next week. Um, but quickly on App State from a profile standpoint, um, these guys are entering their second year in the FBS division. Uh, they joined the Sun Belt last year, or as it's known in some parts, the Fun Belt. Uh, these guys went six and two in the Sun Belt last year, seven and five overall. Um, they started one and five. But they finished the year on a six-game win streak, which, you know, would you would think that that would that would lean toward having some momentum coming into this year, especially because they returned twenty starters overall, which is definitely the most in the the FBS. Basically, only only turning over two two starters on either side of the ball. Um, so finished the year strong. Twenty returning starters have most of those guys back. And last week, they beat Howard by a tally of 49-0. So they're starting 1-0 just like us. Um, clearly, 49 points you put up. You know Who knows how good Howard is, but 49 is impressive on any opponent. And 0 is also impressive. So I would say you know the, the spread from Las Vegas would indicate that these guys are going to be probably a, a tougher opponent than Wofford was. Uh, Clemson's favored by 18 points coming in. Yeah, I would say I would definitely not have expected Wofford to beat Howard by uh, you know forty nine to nothing. So we've been calling Appalachian State a cupcake kind of leading into this season, but I think they're much more to that. I mean, they're, they're definitely we're definitely gonna have to take them more seriously. Uh, you know, again, like you said, they started one and five last year, but they ended pretty well in their first year in the FBS. And this 
this is a program that knows how to beat big name programs. Will remind you of their their opening game uh, several years ago, beating Michigan in the in the Big House. So they've done it before. They've moved up to the FBS. They're the only uh, school in the state of North Carolina to have ever won a football national championship. I think in the NCAA. Um, so I mean, we're definitely going to have to take them seriously, and this is not going to be. You know, a game that we can just brush off. I don't think it's one that we can expect to look past them and practice early for Louisville. Well, keep in mind when they beat Michigan, there's not one single player that was on that team. Actually, I don't know if that's true. There could be like a redshirt freshman. That was 07. So that was 07. Yeah. Okay. Well, unless not. there's like nine years of eligibility or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So there's no cryo- one. cryogenic chamber. Could <laughs> never know. Van Wilder type stuff. So there's no one returning from that team. It's not the same team. Uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock into that, but what I do put stock into is, for one, they did return a lot of starters. They did beat the heck out of Howard last week. They are going to be more athletic. I don't anticipate seeing like an imposing offensive or defensive line there. Um, we'll get into that in just a bit, but uh, I mean, what I, I mean, what I think is you're going to see a more athletic team. The margin of error is going to be smaller. The uh, the, the pockets that Deshaun Watson will have to have to pass through are going to be a lot smaller, a lot tighter. It's going to be interesting to see how he'll execute. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I agree the same guys aren't going to be on the team that beat Michigan, but I'm talking about them as a program, how they've built from there moving forward, and they moved into the FBS. I mean, it's, it's momentum, and they came in their first year in the FBS last year, and now they have one of the longest winning streaks, current winning streaks in college football. So all I'm saying is they they ended the season well last year. They've been a program that's been on the rise, and they're going to be better this year than they were last year. And they did well last week. So it's, they're not someone to take lightly. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Cool. So maybe we'll start on the defensive side of the ball for Clemson. What can we expect to face from a team who put up 49 points last week, you know, returns um, all but one starter um, on offense, mm-hmm. From what I can read and from what I've gleaned from studying up on App State, it looks like their identity really is as a, a power run team. Downhill run game between the tackles. Um, they do have an athletic quarterback. So their returning running back star, his name is Marcus Cox. He led the team last year with 1,400 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns. Um, last week, he cleared 100 yards, went for 105, average of 9.5 yards. So that's pretty, pretty stout. Um, and he had one touchdown against Howard. Like I said, they do have a dynamic quarterback who's likely to run the read option. Uh, that's Taylor Lamb. He's also returning. He was he went for 209 yards last week and three touchdowns against Howard. Cleared 2,400 yards last year. Um, but that being said, you know despite those yards, um, they don't really seem to have too much of an athletic downfield wide receiver threat. Too much. Um, so with that said, I mean Cody, as you as you look at at this team and you you know how our defense. Stacked up against Wofford, who we've got coming back. Um, do you think we're up to the task to limiting and slowing their run game? I don't know. It's going to be a test because Scott Pagano looked really good at defensive tackle against Wofford. But, and Wofford's offensive line looked really good, you know, if they were playing probably on like the high school level. But, I mean, this is, I mean, this is going to be probably a, a much of an upgrade at offensive line in terms of what we're facing. We'll get a better, uh, better gauge of how, how disruptive Scott Pagano can be. Um, how disruptive, you know, Shaq Lawson. Actually, we probably know how disruptive Shaq Lawson can be. Right. Kevin Dodd was in the backfield a lot. We'll get to really get a better measure of, of how well they're going to be able to, uh, to penetrate the defensive line. So I'm interested to see that. It's going to be a lot because they don't have a, a deep threat. They don't have a, a passing game like that on the outside. Great news, not just for this game, but all season long, our safeties look incredibly physical. I'm talking about TJ Green. Uh, who we 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 knew he was had some upside. We didn't know how good he was going to be. That's great. He can come up. He can he can come up play on the line of scrimmage, kind of like Jaron Curse. Be very physical, and that's that bodes well very well for us both in this game, but throughout the rest of the, of the year. Right, and I agree. I, I think their their downfield passing game is going to be something to watch because if they can't get that going, I think they're severely limited. They do have one guy, Shadon Meters. Um, they're looking for him to fill this role this year. He had 19.1 yards of catch last year. Very limited action, but that's still a pretty high total. He also had a 50-yard catch uh, last week, including one TD against Howard. So I'm not saying we're out of the woods just yet. We are just we are going to have to be on point in the secondary to watch out for that. But otherwise, Cody, I think I totally agree with you. It's about we need to stack the box and really bring pressure with our defensive line and our linebackers. And I think when, if we really limit the run game, that's going to force them to start throwing the ball. And if they don't have that threat, 
then it, again, it's really going to limit what they're going to be able to do against us. And I actually feel like, you know, I've, I've looked at this as a warm up for us against Louisville, but knowing the types of offenses we'll face in the coming weeks, I actually think this could be, you know, again, this is the, the poor man's version of the Notre Dame offense, the athletic quarterback, and they're very, they're very run forward team. So it'd be very good experience for our, our guys up front to get face this type of an offense. Yeah, I think it's a nice nice gradual transition and level of quality from Wofford Appalachia State getting us really really ready to go into Louisville, especially with the short turnaround on a Thursday game. So, uh, yeah, again, we want to see a lot of the, the, the same uh, progression we saw from the defensive line and dominance last week. I think that's going to be key. Yeah, I think a name to look out for in this one is Christian Wilkins. We, I saw him. I, I, I zoned in on him. He's a, you know, True freshman, a five-star player, defensive tackle. He's going to be playing as a backup to Scott Pagano. I watched him play in the, um, you know, when he got some he's, some reps against Wofford. He looked incredibly quick. So he, he provides an element, a defensive tackle, that we just don't have. A guy that can not only penetrate the line, but be um, laterally quick as well and, and make some tackles in space. Very excited to watch him play. This could be the game where he breaks out. Possibly. Here's my prediction. He overtakes Scott Pagano in this game. And even if Reader comes back, he's our starter the rest of the way. Really? You're predicting, like, that's really bold. over Reader? I mean, I know Reader's going to have some catching up to do when and if he gets back. Yeah, earn a spot. Right, but, but to be able to jump Pagano, who looked really good in the game against Wofford and has been in the program for a few years, <laughs> and then also Reader, an experienced guy. When I was Wilkins that good? I would caution maybe both of you guys that you're saying here. Either of these first two weeks' opponents, we should not jump to any conclusions over you know, the quality of play they've had, encouraging totally. But, you know, even App State, a very run-heavy team, yes, they're returning guys, but is this really, are these the caliber of players that these guys are going to be facing the rest of the way? And should we should we make, like, long-term decisions based on that? I mean, you, you're right. You, I mean, it's hard to gauge based off of the caliber sure. of the opponent. But if they're dominant, yeah. I mean, that's a great sign. You can't, and you see speed. Like, you know, when we started off the year um, in 2011 with Sammy Watkins, speed doesn't lie. I mean, he was just faster than anyone on the football field. Christian Wilkins is not Sammy Watkins in terms of speed, but at the defensive tackle position, he is incredibly quick, and it can make tackles. He looks like a defensive end, but at the size of a defensive tackle. Just saying, he could, I'm just saying he could, he could have a breakout game. Well, and a really, really bright kid, too. And I think when you're coming in as, an, as a true freshman, that it's not only the talent that you have that can really thrust you ahead very early on. If you come in very knowledgeable, a smart student of the game, and just a, a bright young man that he is, I think that really helps you. It's like the same thing with Deshaun Watson. Um, just his demeanor coming in as a true freshman combined with his talent, help put him ahead. So this could be a similar type of situation with Wilkins. So guys, let's maybe wrap up uh, App State's offense here. Cody, Ben, do you think these guys are capable of putting up 21 points? Yeah, I mean, I think in a perfect world, they are capable if they really hit the running game hard and Shadon Meters does turn out to be a deep thread and maybe surprise us on a couple plays. I think they're capable um, I don't think they do in this game. I mean, I, I still, again, I look for our defensive line is going to be dominant. I have all the confidence, confidence in the world in our secondary, so I, I don't think, see that being an issue. So I have them putting up less than 21 against us. I think it'll be more a function of if how long the starters stay in there. We saw a you know, small drop-off last week. Yep. It will be a considerable drop-off this week if we put in that second team. And obviously the score will dictate that. But sure. So I'm going to say that we... We do bring in the second string at some point, and they do end up scoring an extra touchdown, maybe two. So that would, I say, they will be north of 21 points. Yeah, I mean, I feel like App State certainly seems like a capable opponent, especially with their depth and the uh, seniority of the guys that they return. I just think we're actually a pretty tough matchup for them on defense. Got a very good secondary, and if if we go up big early on offense, they're going to need to throw it to try to come back. And we've got you know, really strong secondary. They don't seem to have the guns or the weapons. So so an interesting thing there is Mackenzie Alexander is basically just probably going to sleep back there, kind of like a right fielder that gets no action. Richard uh, Sherman type. Yeah. I mean, he's just going to be basically in, like, ghost mode. I don't, I don't see him getting a whole lot of action until probably Notre Dame. That's a good sign. I mean, that means he's, he's locking things down and people aren't going his way. That's whatever. That means we have one of the best cornerbacks in the nation out there on the field for us. Cool. Well, I, I think we're clearly pretty confident in our defense, and it's always a good thing. Um, on the flip side of the ball, 
on in Clemson's, you know, in possession of the ball when we're on offense. Really quickly, it looks like App State during the first half of last year uh, struggled on on defense to keep their opponents out of the end zone. But it seems like they cranked up their pass rush and actually saw some really good results down the stretch um, last year. Again, they, they return quite a few uh, defensive starters from last year, and they ended up with 22 sacks in those last six games. Granted, that's against a Sun Belt, barely an FBS-level uh, conference. Uh, but regardless, you know, 22 sacks is basically almost four sacks a game uh, down the stretch for them. Uh, one name to look out for that we hope spend zero time in our backfield um, senior defensive end Ronald Blair looks like he may be on his way to double digit sacks this year so um, you know let's keep an eye out for him uh, but guys you know you know what we're capable of on offense we touched a little bit on some of the weapons at wide receiver uh, it seems like they also had a very vulnerable rushing defense last year and we had a pretty good first week from running back standpoint you know where do you expect Clemson to get its make its bones this week what you find about opposing teams when they're going up against Deshaun Watson, he'll quickly keep you honest. And, and in terms of if you're trying to stack the box, send pressure his way, he'll he'll just spread it. He'll you know tear the game wide open with his arm. So he can balance that out. I am interested in seeing the run game. I think that's what I'm most interested in seeing. I mean, I'm, I take that back. I'm always most interested in seeing Deshaun Watson. But yeah. in addition to that. The running game, I, want, I really like Wayne Gallman. I've been probably the biggest downer on him just because I feel like his upside is somewhat limited. What I saw from him against Wofford was really encouraging. He was cutting. He looked very fluid. He still he still doesn't have an incredible burst, but it, it goes to show if you can give him a little bit of push from the offensive line and they, if they can sustain that and do this against the same thing against Appalachian State. Um, I, I'm very interested to see if he can maintain that because he looks like, I mean, he's been pretty highly regarded. I mean, he's thought of pretty highly, you know, by the media. Maybe he is like a third team, maybe second team, all ACC player. That'd be surprising, but I mean, that would be very welcome. Yeah, well, I think a really good offensive line can make an average running back look like an All-American just by, you know, opening the holes. And if he has the vision that he's able to hit those holes, I, I'm not as much worried about the burst as I am about the smart and quick decision-making from a running back. And then also ball security is, is another yeah. big issue. Uh, so I, I look kind of for, I mean, I, I look to the running game. I want to continue to see the running backs develop and see what each of them can do differently and what they bring to the table, considering we do have a large stable of guys. I'm looking again here to the offensive line. Can they, can they continue to dominate here and get the push, open some holes, and really control... A, a defense that has been very vulnerable to the rushing game. I will say this, probably of most importance, I'm continue, I will continue to look to see how Mitch Hyatt's doing. I think Ronald Blair's will be lining up on his side. So again, this is their experienced defensive end. And so I think this is going to be a true test uh, for Mitch Hyatt for sure. So I really want to see how he reacts as the competition starts to get a little stiffer as we go down the road. Because it's it's not getting any easier for Louisville. I mean, you you mentioned it, Ben, the progression of talent from Wofford to App State now to Louisville coming up next week. Yeah, it's good that he's got some some competition. Although he did face some good guys in high school as well, so uh, probably better than Blair. So it's not anything new. But you're right, good to get that experience. Yeah, and certainly not in practice. Uh, lining up against Shaq Lawson. Good but point. Absolutely. I mean, heading up against Louisville, they're going to have a, an incredibly talented both exterior line um, in the interior as well so going to be important to see how we how we fare up front um so guys i guess overall we feel pretty confident about offense um in terms of you want to see running running game get established um potentially start to answer some questions we have about backing up for mike williams see deshaun get loose and continue to be consistent um let's say we're up maybe three four touchdowns early by let's just say by halftime how much should Deshaun Watson play in this game at that point? I think he should play a little bit more than he played in the Wofford game, for one. Um, but also, I hate this breaking it up into segments, giving him three drives. Of course, he scores in all those drives. Then they put in Schuessler, and he throws a backwards interception. Or, or fumbles the ball. Fumbles the ball. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is the same thing. It's backwards. Didn't get it slapped out of his hand. Didn't he do that last year in the bowl game against Oklahoma through like some backwards pass behind him? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he has a little trouble with those. So it's a Taj Boyd moment. (laughs) No, I I understand though. I mean, just from a continuity standpoint, and kind of what are we doing there? Like 
bring Schuessler in if he's going to play consistently. I, and we're going to sit Deshaun. I, I was a little curious about that too, but then I think you know the, the coaches had a game plan. We're playing Wofford. They wanted to get the second team in there early on as a unit because a lot of these guys are going to be playing for us this year, and uh, you know especially uh, the linemen and some of the wide receivers. So. As we go throughout the season, you're not going to see us go up against Louisville and then Schuessler comes in for the third series, right? That's not going to happen. So I, I think that was an anomaly in the Wofford game. I wouldn't expect to see that going forward. I do want to see Deshaun Watson play a little bit more, pad his stats a little bit. He is a legitimate Heisman contender, and it's it's always about the team, but it's a little bit about the Heisman, a little bit. L- listen, he's going to have plenty of time this season in in-game action to pad those stats these first two games of the year are of probably the least concerning about how they affect his Heisman role it's going to be the more memorable ones near the end of the year that you're going to that, that are going to be remembered better and uh, counted into that Heisman and believe me he's going to have plenty of he's going to have plenty of numbers it's about keeping him healthy and getting some of these other guys in like Schusler and Bryant in to give them opportunities when they're available while we still have them again going into the meat of our schedule you're not going to have those and if he goes down with injury at some point you want a guy that has played some to come in and back him up can't disagree with that he's going to get hit a few times against Louisville and yeah and it's want, a short want, week, right? It's true, and I want Kelly Bryant ready, so I want him to. I want, I want that him to quickly overtake Schuessler as, as quickly as possible. And that's going to come through playing time and, and see come, how he yeah. plays. See how he plays on the field. I mean, I think we're all excited by how Kelly Bryant played last week. I thought he looked amazing. Well, his his, his passing is is a bit shaky. I don't think he's quite ready, but I think it's improved though than from the shaky uh, video uh, from the spring game. <laughs> Shout out to the guy with the shaky cam in that zone in the West End zone. We appreciate that. Thanks, man. Um, so feeling good on offense. I guess last thoughts on special teams. I think it's been written and said a lot of people wanted to see what we can expect from Hugel in terms of kicking field goals. Like against App State, are we going to get him an opportunity to kick? You know, some maybe 20, 30, 40 yard field goal attempts. Um, I actually love the quote. That same sort of question was posed to Dabo this week. Dabo said he'd prefer we just keep on scoring touchdowns, which I I agree with. Yeah, but that's not going to be the case all year long. I'd kind of prefer us in this game to purposely stop on the 25 to see him attempt a couple of 42-yard field goals or something. I mean, it's going to happen. We're not going to score touchdowns every single time all year long. So we're going to need to see how he's able to do. Uh, Granted, he did look – I know it's hard to tell from a a point-after attempt, but his kicks did look solid. Um, on those extra points and in the kicking game kicking off I thought he did very well I mean a lot better than I thought he would have yeah it's ex- I mean it is a positive sign that we got a guy that can kick it into the end zone I mean that, there's some there's some playmakers out there on our schedule from Miami to Florida State and I want, we need to get it back into the end zone um, we'll see how he does against uh, for um, for field goals yeah and hopefully we won't be punting too often but let's see let's see if um Teasdale can improve there as well. It's it can only go up. <laughs> and lastly, I think we can also only go upward in terms of punt returns. Um, we really only had one kick return go out of the end zone last week, so you know we'll be keeping an eye on that. I don't think it's going to be, be make or break for this game. Let's hope not uh, this Saturday, but definitely need to see some progress across the board, special yeah. teams. Yeah, I think I mean more important than maybe the field goals. I think across the board, the punting game, both both kicking and returning is really going to have to improve as the year goes on because this is an area where turnovers and field position can really come into play and cost you a game at some point. Absolutely. So maybe to wrap up this preview, guys, um, when we talk about keys to the game, what you're looking for for Clemson this week, maybe in the context of this season, the context of where we are two games in, um, Cody, I'll start with you. What are you looking for on offense? What would you like to see this week? Again, continue push from the offensive line. I, want, I mean, and that'll be, if you can see that, you're going to see a lot of production out of the run game. So obviously that protection from Mitch Hyatt um, against, against, against their stalwart Blair. But more than anything, I want to see a fluid, uh, just um, flawless, more or less, I mean, can think of a better word, Deshaun Watson. I want to see him look like he did against Wofford just to prove that no matter who this guy plays, he is the best in the nation. Listen, I know everybody wants to see Deshaun Watson. I know everybody wants to see our talented wide receivers. But if we can establish a run game 
early on. I see us really grinding this one out. One, to protect our playmakers and the wide receivers and Deshaun Watson to control the tempo of the game. And because we're not really opening the playbook yet. If we don't have to show a lot, show our cards, especially with a short week going into Louisville, who is going to be a very tough test, then if we can control this game just by running the ball most of the time, then I say we do that. Why open the playbook and show your hand if, if you can just you know keep it vanilla and win the game handily? I don't think we're going to score maybe as many points as everybody would like us to, but at the end of the day, if we keep everybody healthy, we're dominant, and we win the game, it's all that matters. Can't disagree with that. Hey, quick question before we get into the, the score predictions. How long will Deshaun Watson continue his perfect game, if you will? His, his, he's got five in a row possessions. Scored a touchdown on each one. How many more possessions will he go? I'm going to go with nine. Nine more or nine total? Nine. Well, nine total, four in addition to the five. So you think four in a row? Four in a row. I think they'll score on that. Because, by the way, that's to kind of give a, a counter to your point, I think I think, he's, I think we will put a lot of points on the board. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if, if we run the ball a lot, it's going to slow the, the game down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe not as many uh, possessions. But anyways, to go back to your question... Um, I don't know. I give it three, maybe eight total. Maybe. First three possessions we score. Touchdown? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm good with that. Good with three. Right, Let's we'll, go for another see. five, though. Let's go for why not? Um, yeah, I guess for me, I think a main key I'm looking for is can we keep a clean pocket against a team that is supposed to have a really strong pass rush? Um, again, you know, they are they are a Sun Belt team. They appear to be at the upper echelon of that conference. Um, definitely a capable team ready to upset you know another big program if they'd like um, so can we can we protect the quarterback i think that's my biggest key to this game i mean let's say this if deshaun watson goes down and schuessler comes in do they have a chance to beat us backwards interceptions yeah. um maybe no I, I think we still win with 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 schuessler but it, it's gonna be ugly yeah all right defense what are we looking for uh, I think disrupting the run game and really controlling that with the defensive line and getting in the backfield and really stopping them at the point of attack. Because, again, that's that's their bread and butter. If they don't have a deep threat, if we can control the, the line of scrimmage with that defensive line and really hold them there, then it, it's going to be a long day for their offense. Yeah, same. I, I want to see Shaq Lawson look like the same guy from last week and the same guy that we hope he'll be all year, an, a potential All-American. I want to see him just having fun and completely disrupting whatever offensive tackle you know, gets the task of having to, having to stand in front of him all game. Well, and you got me excited uh, about seeing Wilkins. I that's that might have been bold, but I mean, I think I think he could step in if you see like their their run game. If you see them, you know, getting a lot of yards there, uh, especially in space. Watch Wilkins; he's very quick. He can he, he looks like a defensive end the way he can close on running backs. I'm keen to see if we can keep our three and out streak, like continue that effectiveness from last week. Wofford didn't get a first down until about three minutes in the three minutes left in the first half. Can we have a similar type of showing this week? I don't think so. I don't, yeah. I just, no, we're going up against a better team. I mean, yeah. let's face it. I mean, granted, it, it was a triple option team we were facing for uh, facing against last week, even though it, it is still Wofford. That is still a little bit of a different offense uh, to plan for. But still, the talent level here is different. It is FBS talent level, which is definitely a step up. So... I don't think we're going to see as many three and outs. If we do, that's great because that means we have a dominant defense again. And I, and I think they are going to be really good. Not as dominant as last year, but I think they are going to be very good. Yeah, it's not going to be. There's going to be a drop off. You'll see a few first downs, but you can still see this, the disruption up front. You can still see great tackling from a secondary, physical play from a secondary. And you can also see coverage in space from our linebackers. Those are things that, regardless if they get a first down or not, we can see, that, and those things will translate against a team like Louisville. Well, and I want to see if we have depth in our linebacking group because we, we saw the starters play a lot last week. A lot, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, and I, again, we don't know if that's getting them ready specifically for the triple option of Georgia Tech, but I really want to see who else can play because we're very thin at that position. Between B.J. Goodson, uh, Ben Bulware. Jay, yeah, Jalen Williams and Jalen, yeah, and uh, yeah, Kendall Joseph, yeah. And frankly, I didn't watch too much film of them. I don't, I you know, I try to uh, you know watch the game, watch the replay. I, I saw a while of the first half, and I guess they came in in the second half because, like I said, Bulware and Goodson were playing the majority of the game. And any 
Any takeaways on special teams? I guess we already touched on. We'd like to see Hugo potentially kick some field goal attempts, hopefully straight through the uprights with confidence. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to see an opportunity to see if we actually have a field goal kicker that we can trust in going into the Louisville game. After that, Lake gets back. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll let the, the season take us there. But, again, our first true test on the road on Thursday night, I have a feeling there's going to be some clutch field goals that are going to need to be made, whether it's at the end of the game or during the middle of the game, to, to stop some momentum from the other team. Going into halftime, put us up by – you know, 16 instead of 13 or 17 instead of 14 or something like that. I mean, because that could be huge. That could be a huge momentum swing. So, you know. Yeah, what better way for him to solidify his spot on this team than to kick a clutch field goal like that? Because we don't know if Ammon Lakeup's going to inherit that starting role. Yeah, exactly. And we don't know if he's going to pick up where he left off last year with his run of success at the end of the season. So, and again, and, and then if, if we lose to Louisville and a missed field goal, that one loss could derail our entire season. So we may not even make it to Lake of gets back. So let's focus on the now. Can Hugel kick field goals? We need to find that out. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this. Punt returns, I bet you will not see one botched punt return against App State. I guarantee you they, they practice that over and over. Because Scott is going to be the only guy returning. <laughs> because Scott practiced that, yeah. No one else got to look. I like, again, we have mentioned it in the, the recap. I'd love to see Hopper get back there too field some kicks um it would help him with his hands as well since he'll be seeing some more action on on the offense all right prediction time what do we think guys clearly we're, we're all pulling for a win here but um or are we going to cover that 18 point spread i mean I, I i say we win comfortably 41 to 13 it may not be as big a margin as everybody hopes it will be but I think it'll be a very comfortable 41 to 13 we're going to manage the game the whole time our defense is going to control their run game and our offense is going to really control the tempo and and grind it out if you know if needed if they don't need to throw the ball around a lot Deshaun Washington doesn't need to pass a lot all the better don't show your cards let's just go in do business win the game 41 to 13 Clemson I'm going a little crazy again 56 24 they get some points on us, but Deshaun Watson goes crazy for the first half, and hopefully it's all downhill in the second. I'm not going to pick a score, but I think Clemson big. I definitely think we're going we're gonna to best our point total from last week, um, but they will score more points too. So what do you think, 48-17? to 17? <laughs> Sure, sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> no, we'll need to score more than 48. We had 49 last week. 52-17, to 17, how about that? Okay, there you go. There we go. We got it out of him. All right. Um, cool. That, that wraps it up. Uh, we will be back. Um, that wraps up our App State preview. We will be back to recap that game, possibly Saturday afternoon, probably by Sunday evening. You'll be able to hear that. Um, really quickly, though, we wanted to recap and take a look ahead at what's going on elsewhere in college football. Um, last week, on, or really a couple nights ago, um, Monday night, Labor Day, Ohio State traveled to Blacksburg Lane Stadium. Hope everyone watched that game uh, because it was definitely had a had a you know real college football type atmosphere. Um, it was a great great atmosphere the first half of that game. Uh, but Ohio State pulled a, pulled away down the stretch. They won 42 to 24 against Virginia Tech. Um, guys, you know, I grew up in Ohio, loved watching that. I'm kind of a Buckeyes homer. Um, and I, I think the second half, certainly Virginia Tech did not have um, they're starting quarterback playing. They're a bit gassed, but I think you saw the athleticism of Ohio State really stand out. Yeah, I think they're better than I thought they would be. Frankly, we always talk about Clemson, me and Ben. We talk about 2015 versus, versus 2016. And if there's only one reason that I think 2016 might be the year, it's because 2015 is the year of the Buckeye, just like 2014. And I, they're just so good. They're so they're so good in all positions. Their defensive line is overwhelming. They, they don't even have their best player. I think it's Joe, Joey Boza, right, Tilly? Mm -hmm. They thought Braxton Miller would be a good wide receiver. Turns out he might be a great wide receiver. Uh, Elliot, he, he was back. amazing. He was so good. That that spin move. Yeah, not he, just he's an yeah, NFL player. Definitely. And his I was surprised. I mean, he had quite a few catches. His hands are great. His you his know balance, vision down the field. His and balance. Tiptoeing down the sideline, regaining his balance after he caught that ball. Yeah, uh, he should have been playing wide receiver. Quite yeah. possibly all along, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and you know, the fallout from this game is, oh, let's look ahead at Ohio State's schedule. They, they only play cupcakes. First of all, I mean, 
they play in a conference. You can't control who you play in your conference. As good as the rest of the conference is, and, and yes, you can use this opportunity to kind of besmirch the rest of the Big Ten. You should. But in terms of also out of conference, you know, they scheduled a Power 5 team in Virginia Tech. A lot of these games are scheduled years in advance also. And you don't know who who's good, who you're going to gonna face yeah but as much as much crap as everybody gives the ACC the Big Ten is is absolutely terrible as well I mean Penn State loses the Temple last week I think they gave up 10 sacks with their uh uh you know Hackenberg Hackenberg the guy that's rated as the number one quarterback going into the NFL draft next year so I mean that's what you got for that side of the ball I think we're really going to see what the Big Ten is made of obviously we know what Ohio State can do let's not get anything wrong they won the national championship last year when nobody thought they belonged in the playoffs. So much credit for that. Urban Meyer's a great coach. They have, you know, two great quarterbacks plus Braxton Miller, who, as it turns out, is an amazing wide receiver. So yes, they are a a worthy, very good team. The rest of that conference, I don't think so. You saw Michigan lose to Utah. You saw, uh, well, Michigan State, I think, played a close game, and we'll see what they're made of as they play. We'll get to this in a second as they play Oregon this week. So. I think they're Nebraska lost to BYU. Yeah, exactly. So that I mean, I think it's a very poor conference. Look around that league. Who else are you going to play? Indiana, Illinois. Is anybody scared of those teams? I totally agree. Big Ten is crap. Let's just take a quick second of Virginia Tech. The score. Any what's going to happen in the year? They're going to look at the, the score. They're going to say the ACC team got blown out at home. Blah 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 blah. That was a really good performance by uh, by Virginia Tech. They could creep into the top twenty-five. I think their defense is really good. I, depending on their their backup quarterback is worse than Schuessler, but their um, I guess Brewer their starter is is pretty solid, and with him yeah. they can definitely be a top twenty five team and make some noise, uh, maybe even beat out Tech in the Coastal of the ACC. Well, he's going to miss Brewer's going to miss four eight weeks, so we'll see how that affects their season. With scratch that, everything I said with that broken collarbone, but I mean, but no, you're absolutely right because leading up until his injury and and leaving the game. They were hanging right with them. I mean, it, it did have to do with some Ohio State miscues. Sure. But it also had to do with some good performance on both sides of the ball from Virginia Tech. Again, I, I think Ohio State still would have won the game, but it would have been a lot closer had Brewer stayed in there. Last point I'll make on Virginia Tech, we can move on. Um, Kendall Fuller is their starting cornerback, basically said to be, by many many pundits, uh, the best cornerback in the, in the country. He was burned on multiple occasions um, on Monday, and I just, you know, we put this out on Twitter. I feel like, give me Mackenzie Alexander at any day. He got burned on a double move, you know, down the stretch when um, JT Barrett came in as quarterback. Um, just all over the place, it seemed like he had missed assignments. So who knows what kind of pressure he was under with that game, but I feel like best corner in the league or in the country he is not. So the sign of being an elite cornerback is nobody ever talks about you or says your name kind of like Mackenzie Alexander. Um, they talked qu- quite a lot about uh, Fuller the other night. The media loves Kendall Fuller. I don't know why. They've loved him ever since he was a freshman. By the way, he was going to go to – he was deciding between Clemson and yep. Virginia Tech. Yep. All his older brothers went to Virginia Tech, so it became a no-brainer. Wish we could have him playing on you know, opposite Mackenzie Alexander, to be honest. But if he were playing opposite Mackenzie Alexander, Mackenzie Alexander would be guarding the best wide receiver because he's the best corner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> End of story. All right. Elsewhere this coming weekend, uh, we have some games that we will just touch on very briefly. Um, South Carolina continues its run of playing early season basketball schools. They will host Kentucky this Saturday. Guys, how's this one going to play out? Well, for... For everybody watching the game, I hope it's a hell of a lot better than uh, the performance we saw from South Carolina and North Carolina last week, because that was just an ugly game. I think uh, South Carolina is favored by a small margin uh, at home against Kentucky this week. It's hard for me to do. I do predict South Carolina to win if I'm being reasonable. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be ugly, and I I think it's going to continue to show that they're not a very good team, and it's going to also prove that there are some some bottom dwellers in the SEC. They're just they're just as bad as ACC teams. So my friend from South Carolina, one of my best friends who went to South Carolina, was my freshman roommate at South Carolina, was in this weekend visiting us in San Francisco. We talked about South Carolina. I said, are, are they going to be good this year? Can they win the East? And he says he thinks they can, not necessarily because they're that good, but because the East is down. But he does think that they're a little bit better than what we probably think they are. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on them. And any, hey, if Win the East, you know. Get build your stock up. 
let us play in, play you in Colombia. That could be a huge resume builder if we or we can beat them in Colombia at the end of the year. Really, the only big game that I look at on the schedule this weekend from just a national interest standpoint um, has number seven Oregon with their um, fifth year transfer quarterback Vernon Adams heading to East Lansing and playing Michigan State, uh, who's ranked number five. So number seven against number five, uh, this is definitely the marquee matchup of the first two weeks. You've got a high-powered Oregon team with a new quarterback at the helm going up against traditional defensive firepower Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's defensive coordinator, um, Tom Narduzzi, is now Pitt's head coach. So they're going to be turning over, you know, at least from a defensive play-calling and scheme standpoint, their coaching staff. Um, I forget how Michigan State um, handled their week one opponent, but um, Oregon didn't really get out to too hot of a start against Eastern Washington. They pulled away t- down the stretch, but um, this, sh- this isn't really your, your father's Oregon and your father's Michigan State. Um, both of them are kind of turning over a little bit um, from, from last year, what we expect. So this one could be a little sloppier than you might imagine otherwise. Yeah, yeah not to mention that Oregon didn't look great against an Eastern Washington team uh, whose quarterback they stole and led them against Eastern Washington last week. So that lets you know a little bit of maybe Oregon is not gonna is really gonna feel the effects of Luke losing Marcus Mariota. Um, the reason we kind of previewed this game is because now that we're talking about Clemson as a possible playoff team, you really need to have teams ahead of you start to lose. And I think this is clearly an opportunity. The first one this year between top ten teams, where one of them is gonna lose, and assuming we win. We're going to jump one of these teams. So we need to start seeing these things happen every week in conjunction with our wins to really get us up there into the top four. Um, I still think Michigan's overrated. We had the discussion about the Big Ten. Maybe this is an ugly game. It's at Michigan State, so I think that's why it's closer than it would be, but I still see Oregon winning. Yeah, I think I think actually think Michigan State's going to win this game, but um, because Oregon's, I think, defense is laughable. Michigan State will win. Is my prediction, Michigan State has one loss on the schedule, and that's against the, the mighty Buckeyes. Or Oregon plays in the, the mighty Pac-12, so they'll, they'll probably suffer a few losses. I, think, I, I definitely don't expect these guys to end up in the top five, maybe not top ten by the end of the year. Uh, do you think the loser of this game, Clemson's currently ranked 12th, do you think the loser of this game falls out of the top 12? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think... Voters right now are going to be looking for a reason to drop one of these teams and move an SEC team into their place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I'm not suggesting Clemson's going to move out of 12 unless we just decimate App State. I say we move up one, mm-hmm. maybe, and then an SEC team slips in from the from 13 and above to fill that next spot. Um, but no, I think absolutely. The, the, one of them are going to drop behind. I think by the end of the year, neither of them are in the top 10. Makes sense. Um Last one we'll touch on this week. Um, our next opponent after Appalachian State, Louisville, plays host at Papa John Stadium to the Houston Cougars. This one's notable uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know, again, this will be Louisville's last matchup before we play them. Um, anyone who watched that Auburn game saw what their vulnerabilities are and what their strengths are. Um, for me personally, I, I'm looking for Houston's offense under new head coach Tom Herman. He's the former offensive coordinator from Ohio State. This is his first year there. I want to see what his offense can do against Louisville's vaunted defense and pass rush. You know, can they inflict some damage there with really worse players than Clemson's going to have? Um, how dominant is Louisville's D in reality? I thought they looked great against Auburn. I, I, they made a lot of uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding Auburn's quarterback Jackson, I believe is his name. And he threw three interceptions, and he looked he looked horrible. And part of that is probably because he was overhyped, but another part is because Louisville, Louisville has a very tough front seven. So I agree with you totally. It'll be nice to see how Louisville fares against Houston versus how they fared against Auburn, which is also a very high-up-tempo, highly-regarded offense that didn't do that well. I'll say this. We talk about uh, Clemson having a short week and then going on the road for a Thursday night game against Louisville. Well, Louisville also has a short week, and they also have a Thursday night game. The difference being that they're at home, we're on the road, but they also have a tougher opponent leading into this game. So we'll see what effect that has. I, I don't think they're so tough an opponent that you know, maybe the extra stiff competition helps them. I think maybe they just got to focus a little bit more. Maybe they'll get a little more beat up than we will in this game, and that could affect the outcome of the Thursday night game. So I think that's something to look forward to. Win or lose for Louisville, how do they come out of that game? How do they look in that game? I think is very telling 
uh, leading into our game on next Thursday night to predict how that's going to go for the Tigers. Yeah, and with their weaknesses up front on the O-line, that could be a much longer afternoon than they would they would like. So. Right, especially with only a, you know, a, a quick turnaround to prepare for one of the, you know, a, still a really good defense. Definitely. Um, so keep track of that and other games, and we will recap um, noteworthy outcomes uh, coming up on our weekend episode. Um, last segment before we wrap up this week, um, a number of Clemson Tigers were finally added to NFL 53-man rosters this week. Um, I think this is probably Clemson's best showing really in the history of the league in terms of having a number of players make rosters. Uh, we won't go through every player here, but um, by the numbers, 35 former Clemson players um, are currently signed with NFL rosters, 31 of whom made the 53-man cut. Right now we've got four on the practice squad, um, and one guy in particular has not yet signed on with the practice squad. Uh, Daquan Bowers was cut and let go by Tampa. Looks like he's going to try to sign on with Carolina. Uh, which could be interesting. So other noteworthy numbers here, we had seven players from last year's defense and our punter make NFL rosters this year. Just goes to show from an 11-man defense, getting seven on, into the league in one year. Well, it's incredible. And not to mention Adam Humphreys. I mean, sure. and let's say that, talk about the numbers that we have on the NFL rosters this year. I mean, that was nine added from last year's team. So going into this year, and we're still talking about Clemson as being possibly a playoff contender after losing nine guys to the NFL last year. I mean, Louisville lost a lot of guys to the NFL last year, and they're not being talked about as a playoff contender. So that really goes to show you how our recruiting's been doing, how, how Dabo's been running this team and just bringing in the talent, and we're just restocking every single year. There's definitely more guys, by the way, headed into the NFL, that's for sure. And... I'm interested to see the Saints. You got a, you got Spiller on on offense. You've got uh, Stephon Anthony, who who we saw in the preseason on defense. And want to see the Bills? Stewart linebacker. Um, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is drawing a blank here. <laughs> Sammy Watkins, that wide receiver. Um, and then I want to see my fantasy team do really well because you know I put a lot of money into that. Twenty bucks. And did you draft all Tigers? Charlie Whitehurst. It was a Clemson only draft and. For whatever reason, the only one person that went out of, out of their slot was Sammy Watkins. I got Martavis Bryant. That's true. He's suspended, though, for four games, so... <laughs> I'm banking on a big... Con- that was a great first-round pick, Ben. That was a good first-round pick. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep a close eye on the, how the Clemson players are faring in the NFL. We might even have a guest host uh, come through and keep us updated on that stuff. So stay tuned. Um, so that does it for the App State Week 2 preview episode. Thank you again for tuning in. Again, we will be back likely by Sunday with a recap of App State. Hopefully we're 2-0 and at that point and riding, riding high heading into Louisville. Um, last shout-out, again, hit up ClemsonPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, uh, like our Facebook page, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Thanks very much, and go Tigers!